recorded live. Hello and welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. This is your host, Doc. I can be reached here every Monday and Friday, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Call-in number is 724-444-7444. The caller ID number is 145-048. And I can be listened to on YouTube, Vimo, TalkShoePodcast.com, and iTunes for those of you who are riding around and want to listen to something maybe a little interesting with a different kind of point of view than maybe you're used to hearing. Now, I'm going to let you know straight off the bat, this is not a sports podcast. This is not an entertainment news or a I'm going to wake you up type podcast. But I am going to deal with all kinds of subject matters. So stand by, listen in. I hope you enjoy yourself. You can contact me if there's anything that you would like to talk about. And what we're going to do with today is, because I set out a challenge to this person who decided to use social media to attack my character. And I didn't appreciate it at all. So I told them to call in today. And I'm going to give them a couple of minutes to see if they do. I asked them one particular question. Can you articulate your thoughts clearly, concisely, and make a point without generalizing? without going to stereotypical things. And I don't believe that he can, and I believe that this person is a coward, and I definitely believe that this person will not call in. With that being said, I'm going to get back to that subject matter later because I'm going to attack it as though this person did call in. But not at this moment. I want to first say to the ladies, Happy Mother's Day to each and every one of you. The jobs that you do, let alone carrying life inside of your body, which is an amazing thing, still considered a miracle to me, even after all these centuries and thousands of years. You grow life inside you. You nourish it. But then the job that you do once this child is put on this earth, I don't think there's a more important job on the planet than mama. So bless you. I hope that you have a beautiful Sunday. I hope the weather's lovely wherever you are, that your family takes care of you and honors you in a manner that befits you, that you deserve even better than you deserve. So I'm just going to say happy Mother's Day 2018 to all the ladies. Well, we had a little bit of breaking news today, and the breaking news is kind of shocking. Dwayne Casey wins NBA Coach of the Year on Monday. Friday, before 12 noon Eastern Standard Time, Dwayne Casey fired as the head coach of the Toronto Raptors after leading them to the most victories that they've ever achieved in a regular season. I'm a little uh, confused about this, especially since just yesterday the general manager said, uh, we're not going to do like other teams. We're not blowing up our squad. And the very next day, he fires the coach. So, what, what, what really can you say? I, I find that bizarre. I find it kind of weak. But then again, you know, what can you say, man? I mean, you know, I think Dwayne Casey will fall into a job, like with the quickness. There are teams out there that need a good coach. You don't win 59 games in the NBA without being a good coach. I mean, nobody hands those victories to you. Now, this weekend, 
Unfortunately, more breaking news came out of this one. UFC is having 224 in Brazil. Amanda Nunes versus Raquel Pennington. But it seems like a group of the staff members were all robbed at gunpoint at the hotel in Brazil. Um, you would think that they would travel in foreign countries with a little better security. I am just so glad that nobody was hurt. I mean, loss of possessions, phones, wallets, monies, and from what I hear, passports was also taken. I'm sure some people were shaken up, but I'm glad that there were no fatalities. I am very glad there was no fatalities. But to have this happen outside in front of the host hotel is kind of crazy. It's like they knew they were coming. Where was the security to greet them? Uh, I, I don't know if this type of deal is going to make it hard for Dana to want to bring other fights in the future to Brazil, but Brazil is a hotbed of mixed martial arts. They have huge fan base, and also they provide a ton of fighters. So I see they're just going to have to tighten up on security, and I don't think this will ever change. You just can't take Brazil off the off the map as a as a landing spot for uh, pay per views, big shows. It's just too many fighters come out of there. Now we got Amanda and Raquel. Like I said, I'm picking Amanda Nunes to actually win this fight. I think Amanda hits like uh, the Incredible Hulk. Raquel is not the greatest fighter. She doesn't even have what you would call a great record. I think she's a tough woman. This is. A tough woman against a woman who's just better skilled. So I think the title stays home. Now, here's a fight that we got 10 years way too late. Vitor Balfour versus the Dragon Machida. If this was 10 years ago, this would have sold out almost any arena anywhere in the world. Now they're two older guys. And as far as I'm concerned, it's who has more in the tank. I, if I had to pick between the two, Vitor has more power, but the Dragon, he's still got those feet. So I, I'm going to actually go with the Dragon. Maybe he gets a kick in and, you know, he knocks this guy out. Uh, but like I said, I wish this was uh, 2008 instead of 2018 for this fight. John Lineker is fighting Bryant Kelliger. I'm going to go with John Lineker on this one. Mackenzie Dern is fighting Amanda Cooper. Mackenzie Dern seems to be the hot girl of the UFC right now. They brought her over, so they're expecting big things out of her. So I'm going to go with Mackenzie Dern. She was pretty impressive in her first fight. And we got Jocka Ray Souza versus Kelvin Gastom. Hopefully Gastom has his weight under control. This should be a good fight. But I'm a huge Jacare fan, so I'm going to go forget everything else. I'm going to throw age out of the table because we know that Jacare is approaching like 40 years old, but I'm going to go with Jacare on this one, and we'll see. Hopefully, Gastelum finally has this weight issue under control, but it should be a decent, decent pay-per-view. At least you got the big main event, so it gives you something to do at least something to watch. So I, I, I do tip my hat and, and hope for the best. Uh, the, that, this was basically everybody that gave you on the undercard, the best of the best. I really don't know what else to say about that. Who we got here? 
Bones. How's everybody doing? All right. Yourself? Great. Fantastic. Well, you know, it's it's like perfect time. Because uh, you happen to be involved with what I alluded to earlier about uh, a social media debate and uh, having my name and being called out of my name but then setting a challenge and a very simple challenge. Can you just articulate clearly and concisely what you think you believe and put it into words? Because it's easy to type because you're just, you're just repeating other people's thoughts. And I knew that this person would be a coward deep down inside and would have no basis for how they feel. Now, with that being said, Bones, this is the way I feel in the situation because I don't like being called racist. I don't like being called sexist. I don't like being called homophobic. And I don't like being called uh, prejudiced of, of any sort. My reputation, my name means a lot. Doc name means a lot to Doc. Okay? Right. You are allowed. I am allowed as a black man to hate a white man. I'm allowed as a human being to hate a homosexual. I'm allowed as a human being to dislike a woman. I am not allowed. This is where it gets muddy. What the problem is, you're not allowed. You cross the line when you stereotype that whole group. When you generalize a whole group for the actions of one. So I don't do that. I believe in judging the person on an individual merit. Now, this person was clearly a racist. We did not call him a racist. He called no. us racist. Yes. And he, he had no basis for this. There was no basis. All it was was a simple picture that was quite comical and appropriate for the settings of Melania Trump following everything that Michelle Obama does. And if you don't see that, then that means you're blind. Stevie Wonder is blind and he knows this. It just it just seems like these people they have no argument, can't defend an argument, so they come up with some nonsense that has nothing to do with the um, the topic or at hand. It's like exactly. the, the flex, the flex game. And it's the same. And see, that's why I, I extended the uh, invitation because it's the same thing. Over and over, you get a white guy today in today's world who wants to prove he's not racist. There's two go-to things that he they do. One is I got a black friend, which is the biggest fucking joke of all time. Mm-hmm. Because you don't color your friends. If you got a friend, there's no color to your fucking friend. It's just a friend. Right. My friend That's Robin, right. who happens to be a black man. Do you ever hear anybody even worded like that? I hang out with Jose, who happens to be Mexican. No, I got a Mexican friend. Then two, we all go to Chicago. What the (laughs) fuck is this battle cry? When did white people start chanting about Chicago? I am from Bed-Stuy, 
Brooklyn, New York, in the heart of the crack epidemic, there were no white people anywhere on the planet screaming about the amount of murders that was happening in NYC, where we were the mur- at that time the murder capital of the world. Yep. People were dying left and right. So now you're going to tell me, again, to use verbiage like colored kids. There are no fucking colored kids. This is not 1922. You're not Bo Connor. There are no colored kids. Black people are not to be referred to as colored people. If he's using terms like that, you got an issue. You got a problem. Right. And then and to you know, then to refer to thirty-four-year-old George Zimmerman as a poor kid. Now, if you're ninety-two, I can see a thirty-four-year-old being a kid. But for most of us who are not in the eighties or nineties, thirty-four-year-olds are grown-ass men. Absolutely. When do we start referring to thirty-four-year-olds as kids? Especially when you bring Zimmerman. up. George when you Zimmerman, bring... Mem- <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say George Zimmerman is what he is. He's a coward. You know, when those when those dispatchers when he called in and said he's seen somebody suspicious, and the dispatchers told him do not engage the subject, do not engage. The police are on their way. That's what he was supposed to do. Do not engage. And then the minute he engages the kid and gets into a fight and starts to get his ass whooped. Now you want to pull your gun and talk about I'm standing my ground? That's bullshit. Yeah, and, and let's get the facts straight. There was a kid involved. Trayvon Martin was a kid. Not George Zimmerman, who was the grown-ass man. Now, if you, wanna, if you want to... If you want to be a uh, non-minority in America and say that you got issues that you want to stand behind, this week, this week alone gave you enough of them. Gave you enough of them. You had, you had the dancing, which I thought was a little bit over the top. You had the dancing University of Florida graduates being manhandled by somebody, some sheriff's deputy on stage. Yeah, like yeah. as though they were criminals. These were just <laughs> graduating college, and that shit—that's fine with you. You know, what about a guy going to buy Mentos and having oh. a pistol pulled out on him? Is that fine with you? And this man was Hispanic. You know, Jose Ariola. What a fucked up last name, Ariola. But. Jose did not deserve the trauma that he got over a purchase that he made. And you want to know what I really didn't like about that situation? Everybody's giving this guy a pass. The clerk is a piece of shit. He could have spoke yes. up sooner. He yes, absolutely. But if you notice, they were both Asian. He didn't speak up for Jose. Oh, I didn't know he was Asian. Yeah, he should have spoke up quickly. Who the fuck do you I think said, that was? All you got to do is, now, I hate to, like I said, I don't, you don't stereotype. You don't have to see the clerk's face. Look at the clerk's hair. Nobody has hair like that but Asians. Mm-hmm. The they definitely should have spoke up quickly. 
He could have said, this dude just brought that. What are you doing? And then not just that, Bones. What about the fact that when's the last time a guy goes and robs a store? And he actually needs to wait for change. His change. Oh, right, Think right. The, the cop told him, take your change and go. What robber actually makes him? Okay, I'm going to rob you, which means give me your shit, but here's $20 for some candy. <laughs> Why would you bother doing it? You take the candy too, right? Right, right. That was sad because he's not even... He's not even on duty. Even if he was on duty, it's not even your establishment. You don't have the right to tell somebody to get out, take your change, and get out. And what about it's over the top? It's over the top to make a dollar nineteen robbery, even if it was a robbery. Why would that now potentially be a death sentence? The yes, man right, chambered around. He right, chambered right, right. around. Right. I'm going to tell you now, the only time in this life that I'm going to chamber around is going to be two incidents. I'm at a shooting range, and I'm going to fire the weapon. I feel imminent danger, and I'm firing my weapon. I have no other reason to chamber around. The gun works. It does, I don't need to prove to the gun that it works. It knows it works. I just got to work it. You don't chamber rounds for fun. And then another one, if you really want to still be pissed off about what's going on in society and you care so much about what's happening to black people, why can't a sister take a nap at Yale without getting the cops called on her? Right. This week alone, this week alone, Bones, golfing, napping, Asking about somebody's rent, waiting in the wrong place, have had the cops called on black people. These, this is bullshit. Had the yeah, cops called on, this is the new thing. I'm calling the cops on you. Matter of fact, me and my wife was at a golf range yesterday, and she made a joke. And I said, baby, it's not funny. <laughs> she says, you know, we out here with the golf clubs and everything, and I got a beautiful brand new set of golf clubs, right? So she said, suppose for these white people just pick up their phone and go, there's a black guy and his wife, and they're taking somebody's clubs. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple now. Right, yeah, yeah, it's just that simple, right. I'm calling the cops. So if, if this person wants to be so indignant, you don't have to go to the cop-out one that's on every fucking comment section of TMZ, YouTube, Google, What's that other one? Huntington Post, which is Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Find something fresh and new that would show that you can because there's enough stuff out there. There's a ton of stuff out there. You don't have to go to the cliche. If you want to get at black people, just mention Chicago. Right, right. Yes, Chicago is a cold word now. Yes. Do you also realize, like I said, you can hate what you want. You know what? A black man in America, a black man anywhere in the world, has the right to dislike other black men too. I didn't say all men. He can dislike a black man. As long as he's disliking that person for a reason and not because of a generalization or a stereotype. 
I'm not going to like right. every black person. Don't get me. What kind of fucking fool do you think I am to say that I like every black person? Right. You know, right. That, that would make yeah. me an idiot. Yes. Because inside. You know, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, you know, those things are just so overrated and how out of touch they are by just, boom, you just pick Chicago. Like, you know, it's the cap, you know, the crime thing and all of this other stuff without even looking at the dynamics of what's going on in Chicago, the corruption since 1900s up until now, doesn't matter who the mayor is. It's just a a culture of just corruption, you know, and these are the byproducts of it, you know. Like, they they had a guy there, he was the police, they had a, one of them town hall meetings and the police was there and he was there. It was a very articulate young black male there and he said he said that the police he said you do your job he said which is really a good thing he said but that there's a bigger issue here he said the city government mayor and the governor they invested 15 million dollars in downtown chicago in the bus uh when you wait for the bus when you wait for the bus they invested in fixing that up so it's more lighting downtown and they invested like $100 million in DePaul, into the school. But you don't do nothing for the, the city of Chicago, for schools, after-school programs, and none of that. The money, you know, you got money, but the money's going somewhere else. No right. need, you know, no needs. Waste, 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 waste. But this is how we are set up. We are a society... We have to be, our thing about America is, America is so trapped on, I'm not saying white America, I said America. I don't want anything I say misconstrued. America is caught up on lies. We love the lie. We live the lie. We eat the lie. If we just look at the reality of situations, this country has never gave a fuck about children. You could have the first lady of the United States of America come out with this. I, I don't know where the fuck the or your is. Be best. Spoken like somebody who does not speak the language. But then her husband has an office. Be best. She's talking to children. First, you give it to him in bad English. Then, two, your husband puts a woman in office to run the school system who does not fund schools. So how are they going to be their best? They can't even get the best education. So, right. See, that's a lie. We, this week, the Mormons cut ties with the Boy Scouts, right? But the fucking Boy Scouts have been around since 1906, abusing children in the open mm-hmm. and we never did anything to shut them down. So more lies. This country loves a lot. Okay, we throw five Eagle Scouts out there. What about the fucking 2,000, 20,000, 50,000 boys who've been taken up to the woods and sexually abused? But we don't care about that. Yeah. We 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 are culture and society that gangsters are heroes, superheroes. They always have. This is 2018. They still talk. We still talking and making movies about Al Capone, man. 
Yeah. Not somebody who yeah. did something. Right. Al Capone, Jesse James, look, the Frank Lucases of the world, Nikki. We uh, love. Yeah. We love death, destruction, mayhem, and terror. That's what this and, country like. But we, you have to be. Yeah. You have to be a realist about it. You have to legitimately sit back and be able in your mind to separate. This is total bullshit. From this is reality. And those are the same people, gangsters, that hung out with, you know, very influential people, whether they were athletes, whether they were politicians. Um, they hobnobbing with them. They, that's my boy. Yeah, these my are boy. people who made the front. These guys were making the front page of the paper every day. Think about it. We were in New York City during the John. John Gotti was the fucking Kardashian in New York before there was a Kardashian. Trust me, people. If you was in New York, you have no clue. He was on the front page of the newspaper almost daily for years. Yeah, yeah. If John got a fucking haircut, we knew about it. If John did fireworks, we knew about it. If John threw a party, we knew about it. He was a, the New York Daily News and the New York Post absolutely adored him. They sure did. They didn't vilify him. Matter of fact, they never vilified him until his ass was in jail. So we we got a crazy bones. We just come from a very crazy, crazy culture. Now, have you seen, I don't know if you've seen Saturday Night Live with Donald Glover, which is also Childish Gambino. I thought he did a great job on Saturday Night Live. But his This Is America video, have you seen that? I've seen the video, yes. What's your thoughts on the video? Oh, um, Donald, Gen- uh, Donald Glover's a genius. I mean, he to actually, you know, put that in the video, I mean, it was just, it was very, very good. And like Malcolm uh, X said about uh, violence in America, is, what does he say? Is just as, as violence is something about, like, America loves um, apple pie. It's as American as apple pie. Yes. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was getting at, too, when I was saying earlier that right. we love that shit. This is bred into us. And I'm not talking black or white. I'm talking every nationality idolizes, it seems, the gangsters in this country. That's what we do. I thought the video, the the greatest thing about the video is there's no one interpretation. You could talk to a thousand people and get thousand different interpretations. And what, that's genius. Yeah. That's genius. Uh, I like this song because he wasn't just talking. He wasn't attacking white people. He was also attacking garbage rap with its no backbone. Right, right. It's I mean, there's a, whole, there's a whole section of the song where he just goes, black man, get your money. Black man, get your money. All this shit is going around. People just get killed in a church. Nobody raps about it, but black man, go out and get your money with your trap music. And and on yeah. top of it, I hate to say this as a man, the dancing was fucking great. So it's, it's a winner video to begin with, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, he that, does the um, show. No, go ahead. 
Um, yeah, well, I got to check out the um, the show. I'll probably try to catch it online or something. I didn't see the show. But, um, you know, this even like with J. Cole and then they was rapping about the trap music. Um, you know, when we was growing up, at least, you had different people. You know, you had your conscious rap. You had your fun rap. You had your party rap. You had like a genre of rap. You know what I mean? But this right here just is just like boom, trap music, that's it. There's no there's no um no for that then there's no growth. There's no variety. You 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 touched on it. Now actually to tell you the truth, that was one of the things I was gonna talk about. And that song that you're talking about is J. Cole nineteen eighty five. Jay broke it down where he wasn't overly preachy, but he made a point. And he was basically telling these guys, you're 23, this shit is not going to be the same when you're 40. There's not going to be anywhere that you could perform this as 40. Nobody's looking for the 40-year-old dude with Pepto-Bismol pink dreadlocks and ice cream cone chain on his neck singing about some bullshit that only related to 2015 to 2020. You know, it's 2037. Aren't you still trying to have a career where you can still make money? I mean, because when you really think about a good artist, Stevie Wonder hasn't made an album in, I think, 13 years. He just dropped the album this week, right? Mm-hmm. But Stevie Wonder could still make money off the shit he dropped in 74 because it was music. <laughs> 74. <laughs> think about it. Elton John. Elton John. I was just checking out PNC, which is close to me to see the artists that are coming to North Carolina. Elton John is coming to Raleigh, North Carolina early next year. Guarantee you, Elton John, and the tickets are 250 ahead. Elton John will be still singing shit, Benny and the Jets from 1972, because he made music. You, yes. This trap music will not survive. I mean, there was, a, there was an era in rap that was really, it's just like you was talking about this. Some of the music and rap had became so five percent style that it didn't, it couldn't survive. It was only for that moment, and nobody at the moment realized it. Right. Because they, they, you know, people don't want to hear about Earths and Gods in 2018. Not like they wanted to in '89. Right. You know, and that was kind of some of the stuff that slowed Rakim down because he didn't, it, it didn't, it didn't move on to the next generation. Right. KRS, you know, I'm, you must learn. People's like, you know what? I don't need you to teach me no more. I don't want to yeah. be taught by you. See, now mm -hmm. I love music. I love music, but I love music for what it is. I, my favorite group. And my favorite person is this guy named Eddie Vetta from Pearl Jam. I listen to Pearl Jam every single day of my life. I listen. He must got 400 songs I listen to. But the only songs, he's not telling me how to live my life, nor would I allow him to do that. He's not telling me when I'm right and when I'm wrong. He just fits moods for my day. 
If I'm feeling a certain kind of way, he has a certain kind of song that incorporates it into my life, and that's what I love about it. But I don't need I don't need no musician to teach me to school me. I'm not. That's not what I'm looking for. I still look for music to feel good. I want to dance now. I want to. I want to. I want to enjoy it. You know, like yeah. lately, I've been listening to this stuff called grind music out of UK, England, because I love ultra aggressive music. I, the more aggressive, the better. I'm not talking about. I'm kicking in your door and I'm shooting the family shit. No, I ain't getting at that. That doesn't mean aggression. Aggression can also be a thumping ass hard beat. Like, think about this. It takes two to make a thing go right. That beat is banging. It was banging then. It's banging today. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? The fat guy uh, from Brooklyn. And I ain't talking biggie. Chub Rock. Uh-huh. That song by Chub Rock, that beat is, was banging then, that beat is banging now. Now, when J. Cole first came out, I used to call him weed pothead music, that you had to sit down and listen to what he was saying. That's the way I think about Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick mm-hmm. Lamar is almost like jazz meets poetry, and I'm, I'm not with that, because mm-hmm. he's, he's trying to school me, and when you try to school me, and I'm... I've been in this world, and I lived in this world. I tell you, the first thing I'm going to tell you is go fuck yourself. I'm not into it. Just entertain me. That's what you're there for. I'm not saying be a fucking um, stage monkey, but entertain me. I didn't look at Michael Jackson for the keys of life. What did Michael, and I don't even like Michael Jackson. But mm-hmm. if I was going to listen to Michael or Prince, you know what? Purple Rain didn't teach me shit. I just enjoyed right, it. Right. You know what? Now, we got a big thing going on down here. And uh, personally, I, I have to think about how I feel about it. I kind of kept my thoughts clear and open on this one. We got the Mute R. Kelly movement. He's in Greensboro, North Carolina today, and they expect pickets outside of his stadium. I find R. Kelly, the human being, deplorable. I find him disgusting the human being. Uh, but I find some of his music to be fantastic. So it leaves, you, it leaves you in a funny spot, like the same kind of spot Kanye puts you in. Some of Kanye's music is damn good. But Kanye, the person I would want nothing to do with. If I, met, if I was going outside right now to empty my garbage and Kanye was parked outside and he shook his hand and said, hey, brother, how you doing? I would tell him, go fuck you. Kanye, you know, fuck you, but you know what, if you got a couple of those CDs, I'll take them, so it's, it's kind of a, a 20, a catch 2020 with me, what do you think about yeah. Kelly? R. Kelly? Yeah. Oh, you know, for this generation, our generation, you know, if he wasn't getting into so much trouble, you know, he'd be a crooner, you know, he'd be up there with Luther pretty you know he you know he sings it's just this this other stuff that comes into play with him with this uh, allegations of the sex things you know it's like how does your name get uh keep getting put into this all the time you know like all the time yeah that's why i find him to be a deplorable human being uh i never forget as long as i live 
there was an Aaliyah. Aaliyah existed. People act like Aaliyah didn't exist. Yeah. They act right. like he did not. I don't give a damn what those nutty-ass parents, because a lot of parents have done some deplorable shit to their children and sold them off to the highest bidder, and that's the truth. Aaliyah yeah. was a 15-year-old girl. That was a 27-year-old man. There's documentations that he legitimately married her, and in no way, shape, or form is that sensible, honorable, or something that I could respect. Yeah, her parents, they co-signed that. Like you said, you sold her off. You co-signed that, you know? Like, if you want her, you're going to have to marry her. You co-signed that deal. And, yeah, you can't get around that one. Matter of fact, you wonder how did he get around that one because she was 15 years old. The parents' signature. See, but you know what? If we were to eliminate, and, I, and me being honest again, you got to look at the whole big picture. If we were to eliminate artists from our lives because of the shit that they did yeah, yeah. <laughs> behind closed Your doors, life. nobody could ever listen to Elvis because he had a 14-year-old girl that he ran around with. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Prince did it too. And it's it and the list goes on and the list goes on and the list goes on it goes on and if we go back centuries it went on then too. So yeah, yeah. and look at Woody Allen. She's oh, she yeah. well, see, well, see, I'm not a fan. See, Woody Allen crossed a line that this I don't even have words for. When you raise a child in your home automatically as a sexual vehicle that child is off limits off limits there is no looking at that as a sexual being it's, it's, when you do that you're deprived you're depraved that, that, yes. that, that just to me is uh, you, you've crossed the line I don't even know how you come back from that line Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't date. Say you just date a woman, and she has a daughter. So you live there. That's kind of like your stepdaughter. I don't give a fuck if she never calls you daddy. You providing food, shelter, comfort, protection for that child, and you teaching them things. And then she turns twenty-two. She's legal, and you say, you know what? I broke up with mom, and you start dating that daughter. You're a piece. The daughter's not so much the piece of shit because you've been in, you're inside our brain. You're the piece of shit for doing it. Yeah, I think he married her at 18. Yeah, yeah, well, we, Woody had a plan from day one because he oh, made yeah. sure that he got, he got rid of the mother as soon as she became legal. Right. You know, but I'm just saying Joe Blow, even if Joe Blow does this, because we have to have we have to have standards where we actually say that there's some things in this world that we frown on. I don't. I don't and definitely, this, there's some cultural differences. Black people don't frown on the same things other people frown on, and there's things that other groups frown on that I'm not privy to because I grew up around way too many guys, and I'm ashamed of it who were starting to hit their early 20s and still would look at a 16, 17-year-old girl like if she was eligible. And I would always be the one to speak up and say, you know you're wrong, man. 
And if you get caught up in some statutory rape shit, don't cry. Don't cry. It's what you deserve. Right. Because I don't believe in, I don't believe in, I don't give a fuck who you're supposed to be to me. Once you start doing wrong, I'm out. I'm out. The only person wrong I can accept is my own, and I'm trying to correct that. But you know, we, we if we did a better job protecting fucking kids, teaching kids, and then teaching our young adults, we don't have to look outside. We don't have to look outside for faults. We got shit we can correct internally. Internal correction makes you better than somebody outside correcting you. Because by then it might be too late. That person that's correcting you is now your probation officer. That person that's correcting you is the fucking CO. It's the judge. It's too late. Or even worse, the person that's now giving you direction and correction is your fucking cellmate. So we got to do it before it gets to those points. You know, I've been seeing Meek Mill on TV this week. Oh, yeah. New, improved Meek Mill. You know what? I have a different view. Sometimes we, 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 we jump to conclusions. I jump to conclusion about Meek Mill. I like how he's actually carrying himself since he's been released from prison. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Low-key, low quiet. He's not taunting anybody. He's not putting it in that lady judge's face where she has ammunition, which I think is the smartest thing. But I also, he really made me think about this because I've never dealt with this personally. How fucked up parole or probation is. Uh, yeah, that, absolutely. That you could do a crime in 2008 and literally, what did he say? You can't even have police contact, meaning that if a cop was just even called and, and you're there, you could get the rest of your time, even though you didn't commit a new crime. Yeah, yeah, they can violate you. And that's the thing, the side effect of parole and probation once you go to jail and you have done your time, your your so-called debt to society, why do you need an extension of that with the parole and the probation? Because a lot of guys, what they'll do is they'll max out, which means they, they say, I don't want no parole, I don't want no probation. I'm going to stay here, I'm going to finish out my time. That's what some guys do because they say they don't want to be bothered. They don't want to be bothered with during urinalysis samples, curfews, you know, and, and get caught in the catch twenty two. I now, think that I'm the a... ones that should, the ones that should be monitored on pro, 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 probation or parole, is the ones who are like pedophiles and violent. Uh, once went in for violent acts of crime. Now, all my buddies that I know, per se, who've done time, have actually opted out for maxing out, but. The difference is these were all veterans who were no longer prisoners. They were cons. So they now understand the system from day one. They don't feel out of place. See, now, a prisoner, he wants to get the fuck out of there first chance you open the gate. You get it? It's not yep. home. A con, a con is a veteran. There's a difference between a prisoner and a con, and I've been told that many times. 
A con knows how to do time. Yeah, a prisoner's yeah, time's doing them. Yeah. You know, he don't know how to walk. He don't know how to talk. He don't know where to be. The fucking con, man, he's got shit. He's got commissary. He's got game. He's got a lifeline. He's not the dude that's in there with no friends or family, don't know how he's making it day to day. You know, he's got to eat in the uh, fucking mess hall every day. Now, this is the guy that's getting a 50, 60-pound box mailed to him cause I know, because I mailed the 50, 60-pound boxes. Yeah. So he's a different character. So he goes, now me not knowing that, I, the first thing I ask is, why are you staying at 18 more months when you could be home? Because when I come home, I'm free, man. You don't get it. I could do this 18 months on my fucking head. I'm yeah. doing it. Yeah. You know, I've been, here, I've been here seven and a half years. What the fuck is another 18 months? Okay, the world will change a little. And, yeah, and when yeah. I get out, I just have to catch up. Yeah, and um, and, and you're right. You, there's no way on this earth you could understand that because you're looking like, oh my god, you got to be kidding me. But you, you can't even, yeah, you can't understand that, that logic, that thinking. But, but for them, it makes perfect sense. Right. It's, it's, we have layers to our society. We got so many subcultures to a culture to a subculture. The criminal culture has maybe 500 different levels that most Joe public has no clue about. And I'm talking about from, from being arrested, going from the local precinct to going to wherever upstate is, wherever you live. You know? I've had one dealing with the criminal justice system other than I actually work for the criminal justice system. But other than that, I had one dealing. It was a longest fucking day of my life. I mean, there is no comparison to how long the day is. When you see the inside of nine different precincts in one night before you get to Atlantic House, and then that's a whole nother zoo that I wasn't even like, what the fuck is going on here? Nine million of us. Just to be told the next morning, go home. You're, yeah, you're free to go. I'm like, what the fuck did I just do? I, I just went from every precinct in Brooklyn, basically, picking up other people to I got to this Atlantic Avenue, which I was right down the block from the beginning. <laughs> and, but see, that's one layer to it. You know, the next layer is, is meeting a judge, meeting a, uh, 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 what am I going to do? Do I have the means to fight this or do I need to be back at work in two days and I'll take any fucking thing they say to me? So, and I, I'm very glad that my situation with the law was that easy, that quick, and that it was so painful being the longest day of my life that I knew that I never wanted any dealings with the law in that manner again. And since then, I don't think I'm really as much as jaywalked. That might be the biggest crime I commit. Okay, I'm lying. I, you will catch me going 10 miles over the speed limit every once in a while if, if I feel nobody's looking. But that's it. I I decided I am a... I am not of the criminal element. That is not my reality. That is not my world. 
It's not a world I want anything to do with. And then when you when you work with the Federal Defender's Office, you get to see that shit on a daily basis, and it's actually mind-blowing, bones. You know, uh, the case files that I used to have on my desk, some of this shit was horrific. I'm talking gang rapes, triple murders. This is what I come to work to see at 9 o'clock in the morning. And now I got to go see this person and put commissary on their books and treat yeah. them like they didn't do this because it's my job. I, I couldn't do that job for long. I think I did that job for about eight months where then I couldn't deal with the clientele that the job made me deal with on a daily basis. I just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. You know? But I, I, I'm not one of those people that say, that jail is not a necessary evil in society. It's a necessary evil. It's needed. We need to be able to incarcerate those who refuse to act appropriate. You know, that if you have no rules at all, Bones, you got anarchy. Oh, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. You know, I, we don't need rapists and shit like that running around. I think some stuff is petty that we give major time to. Motherfucker want to smoke weed. I don't think he should ever see the inside of a jail cell. He wants to smoke some weed. There's no reason to be in a jail cell for smoking a little bit of weed. We ain't talking about the dude that's transporting it and selling pounds of it. And I don't smoke, but I I don't think he's any guiltier than a dude who's going to go tonight and drink two fucking pints of uh, Bacardi in his backyard. He didn't didn't do anything wrong. That's his family's issue. You know, we tired of seeing daddy drunk, but he didn't do anything illegal. No, no. No? Yeah, and weed, um, you know, it doesn't make, it doesn't have those adverse outcomes. You know, like, definitely, definitely not like alcohol and coke and crack, (laughs) heroin. Man, I have to say, there are still families digging out of the tunnel of crack cocaine 30 years later. Still digging family out of tunnels from that shit. That thing was a tsunami. You know what? If you come from a place and you listen to my voice and your place did not experience that, thank your God that you did not experience that. I watch people who were normal on Tuesday, three weeks later, they didn't look the same, they had nowhere to go, all of a sudden motherfuckers was running around with shopping carts all day long, the neighborhood was filtered with shopping carts. Yeah, yeah, now, right, and that was our, you know, Chicago back then, with no one, no help at all. No, no opium, opioid treatment centers, nothing. Your ass was just going to jail. Three strikes, you're out. Boom, dead jail. Throwaways. That was it. Yeah, and, and think about this. This was also the the, the crack epidemic start didn't instantaneously lead to the rehab. The rehab thing came a little bit later. That's all of a sudden when you was like. We're such and such, and we're such and such. Oh, they sent them to rehab. That was four or five years down the line. That, or they were in jail. 
Yeah. But again, the the horrible part of it, it left a lot of we had a lot of children that were born from that these cash exchange encounters and these were damaged children. That that we now as we were getting to be a little older, now approaching our thirties, we now had to deal with these kids who didn't have their right set of mind because they wasn't even born with their right set of mind. Right. Now America's got to deal with the opiate kid. But see, we just had a big news report down here, and it's a big deal. Every fire station, every cop must carry that fucking spray. Not only the shot, they now have a nasal spray that uh, revives you instantly. And they did a big report on that yesterday. I'm sitting there going, you know what? Nobody basically is forcing anybody to use drugs. That is the most bizarre thing on the planet. There's no such thing as really a drug seller. Drugs sell themselves. People like to damage themselves. So since people like their shit, drugs sell themselves. All they got to do is find out you got it. It's not like you got to put an ad in the paper. You ain't got to go on the radio. You don't need no fucking podcast. You don't need nothing. You don't no, need no cards. All you got to do is have word of mouth that you got it and it will sell. Yeah, it's I mean, a I commodity. Hope, I hope that something can be done. Because I don't, I, you know what? I, I love my country and I don't want to see another generation of just wasted. I mean, because right now, have you ever been to California? No, I've, I've, I've just been to L.A. I'm not L.A., I've been to Vegas. Okay. Well, Cal- San Francisco right now is being overrun with homeless camps of oxycodone kids. Now, Los Angeles, to me, this, is, this sickens me to even mention this, and I have to do this. They have Skid Row in L.A., and if you have not seen it, please, anybody can listen to me, just Google Skid Row. This is America today, considered the leader of the free world. We have tens of thousands of people who are living in tents three to four blocks away from Hollywood Boulevard. I've seen it firsthand. It's not some movie. It's not fantasy. Now, this is supposed to be the greatest country in the world, and nobody's doing any, and this shit has been going on there for 30-something years. So we've went from white presidents to black presidents to now an orange president, and nobody even addresses it. It's not addressed. It acts like if you don't know about it, you don't know about it, that's it. You know, could you imagine Three blocks away from where people are taking photographs of fucking stars on the ground, just 10,000 people, 20,000 people living in the street right behind That's crazy. That's like D.C. back in the days. Fuck D.C., man. Alphabet City, Manhattan, the Bowery. Oh, yeah. You didn't even have to leave New York City. I used to go to NYU. And three blocks away from the school was a, a massive amount of homeless people. You get to Avenue A, you get to Avenue B, you get to Avenue C, and there was just laid out everywhere you could look. 
I would catch the train to come home at night and literally step over bodies in the winter. Step over bodies so I could stand near the door. So it is it, we we you know what, like I said, you barely have to mention any place else. The Bowery was crawling. And I'm talking about from uh Canal Street all the way to Waverly. Nothing but homeless people. Because I hung out in that area. I used to go to CBGB's. Yeah, I'm a long-time punk rocker. That's always been my yeah. thing. Like up and, here, they're, uh, giving a, they're giving the cops uh, some the um, the needle for the adrenaline shot. Okay, that's what they're doing there. Here, like I yeah. said, we have some myths that instantaneously... No, you don't even need to shoot them with the needle. You just spray this mist in their nose. Boop! And, and like the night of the living dead, they pop back to life. Matter of fact, the down here in North, North Carolina, a lot of the uh, oxycodone kids have been known to like to get high near fire stations. This way, if they OD, boom, they can save their buddy. Right. And here's a cra- here's a crazy one. The mayor of New York City has floated a plan where they have a center that junkies can come in, shoot their works up under a supervised setting. Now, that that kind of talk should get you uh, kicked out of office. Yeah. I mean, it's an illegal act. Where do you give safe haven to do an illegal Activity. Heroin is a Schedule One drug. It's illegal in every state in the union. Needles are legal. Uh, having a that arm plastic armband that's legal. Heroin is brought from a dope dealer. A dope dealer. Yeah, I remember, but I don't know if you were you was here. You was in New York. Remember when they was initially giving out, this is years ago, they were giving them um, clean needles. Heroin uses clean needles to use so they don't contract HIV and AIDS. Now, that I don't have a problem with. Now, two things I don't have a problem with. Disposable sites, uh, uh, biohazard disposable sites, and giving them clean needles. That I don't have a problem the drugs is where the issue is. You get arrested purchasing or you, you get caught in possession, your ass gets locked up. Simple as that. If you can lock a dude up three years ago for having a fucking dime bag of weed, you should be locked up for having some fucking heroin. You should be locked up for having some oxycodone that you have no prescription for or fentanyl or whatever it is these kids are using. But the clean works. I mean, we. I mean, damn, they mass produce them. They probably cost two cents, less than two cents per needle. It's better to have that. But if you're going to provide needles, you better provide some place for them to get rid of them. We don't need 1970s. Uh, what do you call it? Um, abandoned buildings where kids are stepping on on needles, and now they're contracting HIV because kids might not have, like, a uh, park to play in, so they're playing in some shitty little area where dope fiends are dropping these needles. 
And then, you know, uh, uh, the, the big thing like that is I think you should put that up to a vote. Why should they take your taxpaying dollar and put it towards something that you might not support? So it's easy for me to sit back over here and talk about it. But if you don't support it, I think there should be a vote. Hey, New York, how do you all feel about us providing this service? If you all say no, then we'll say fuck them because it's going to cost money. Nobody's giving them needles to New York City for free. You know? But we got we got issues. I don't know what to do, man. I mean, people don't want to deal with reality. I have I haven't drank even had a sip of alcohol in over nine months. And I feel a hundred percent fine. A hundred percent fine. I don't miss it. I did not stop drinking because I had a problem with drinking. It's just you know what? I like to live in the moment. I want to, I want my brain to always be fresh now. So I don't want to put anything in me that clouds me. Anything. So I can't even imagine a kid playing doctor. Oh, you know what? Man, I'm going to play doctor, and I'm looking for – I mean, goddamn, you you can get an air bubble and a needle and kill yourself. Forget the heroin. An air bubble. I'm not playing that game. Right, right. Now, before we get out of here, man, let's just – Ask you, Warriors or Rockets? Who you liking? Uh, I like the Rockets, but if I had to bet, I would bet on Golden State. I'm going with uh, the Warriors, not because I like them, nor do I like Houston. I'm such a Spurs fan, I can't like anybody. But until you knock off the champ, yeah. Uh, you got to prove it to me. And and Harden and Paul in the playoffs really have not proven anything, so I'm going with Golden State. And the Celtics and that truly amazing last week. I, I wasn't here Monday, and I really didn't get to talk about him over the weekend. That truly amazing creature called LeBron James. Yeah, unbelievable. Who you like there? LeBron, the Cavs. Yes, I, I'm going I with the Cavs that he, on that uh, one, too. He got them on a roll now, and they believe it. So I'm rolling with them. What you call it was a disappointment. I thought they was going to beat um, Boston, um, Philly. I don't, That one kind of perplexes me, and it's one reason. One, you got Embiid who does more talking than really balling. Two, you got Ben Simmons who cannot shoot worth shit. Ben Simmons is a bigger version of Lonzo Ball. That's all he is. He just, except for his shot doesn't look as ugly, but it's just as bad. And Philly beat, I said this before, and I'll go to my grave believing it. Philly beat the worst team in the entire playoffs. Every team in the playoffs could have beat the Heat. Every team in the playoffs could have beat the Heat. Philly did nothing. So they beat the Heat and get demolished, basically, in a way, by Boston. And Boston don't even get full credit because Boston was missing their two best players. No Gordon, no Kyrie. Could you imagine if they had Gordon and Kyrie? Philly might as well just stay in the hotel. But they never stopped talking. 
You know, Embiid, yeah. Embiid needs to work on his game and stop just being a social media sensation. Mm-hmm. But these big centers like to do that. Uh, yeah. Howard used to like to be everybody's friend and clowny. Shaq yeah. couldn't help himself. You know, I want my centers to get be old and, 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 and angry like Patrick Ewan and fucking Lonzo Mourning. Where did ever happen to those kind of guys? Right. You know. Because well, the game done changed now. They done altered the center position. And then um, then the coach, he didn't play Marquez Fultz. Even though he's a rookie, he just come in. Like, you know, like you, a good coach would change up the dynamics. You know, like say, this is not working. Let me change up the game. And then you got the size. Why aren't you having Embiid and Simmons down in the box? Because Simmons, Embiid's problem is, if you look at Embiid's game, he doesn't play with his back to the basket, say, like uh, Ewing or Olajuwon. He plays face in the basket, so you confront him. If he had his back to the basket and had a sweet little, like, fadeaway, like, little jumper or a hook, unstoppable. Unstoppable. But yeah. he doesn't have a hook shot. He doesn't have a fadeaway. You see that, that shot that LeBron was hitting against the Raptors? That game three and four, that fall away? Yeah, uh-huh. I think every big man should have that fall away. Shit, you got guys like Tim Duncan made a living off that fall away, man. There's nothing you could do about it. He turns on you, he gives you his back, he fades away from you, and he's too tall for you to block the shot, and he just kills you right off the glass. But Embiid's got to be facing the basket. He just wants to muscle you down, muscle you down, muscle you down. And if he can get a dunk, he's going to get a dunk. How is the weather there, man? I'm going to close this one out. Well, today the weather is it's pretty good. It's cool. It's decent. It's like, look, 60. But it's decent. Uh, it's not, you know, oh, man. Deep. We are outrageous. We are, like, approaching 90. We've been up at 80s. I think we got 92 coming tomorrow. Pools are starting to open here. We have hit our peak. My flowers are growing like crazy on my deck. We we we've turned the corner. Our low is what you call the high today. Now it's sixty five mm. at night now. So we've we and this ain't even summer, but we we've definitely turned the corner. I'm not gonna see any more thirties and forties. Maybe to November, December, something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, Bones, my oh, oh yeah. Before I go, I finally seen Black Panther. Oh shoot! <laughs> and I'm going to say Black Panther was good, but that's all I'm going to get. It. Good. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my favorite Marvel movie. I thought that Ragnar was better. I 100% stand on the ground that Strange was. Two times better, but I enjoyed Siri, Princess Siri, basically the most. And I actually enjoyed Forrest Whitaker because he was that link to the past. I don't mm-hmm. like what they did with Claw. I think they made Claw into a pussy. Claw was killed like he was a joke, and he's not a joke. He was killed by a man with a, just a gun. Boom, get out of here. You missed right. your arm, boom, you're dead. And I, I, I thought that that kind of character doesn't die. 
a, a Marvel supervillain, a supervillain from Marvel to die from a gunshot that quick. Now, what I did like about the movie was the nuances between you're some selfish motherfuckers, you Wakandans, and help the world. Have you noticed what your brother's going through? I thought that yeah. there was some deepness there. So, you know what? It was hard for me to hate Killamonga. It was hard. They made him a yeah. character as a, see, maybe yeah. a white person would hate him, but a black right. person could understand his view. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He had a point. Now, he lost it because absolute power corrupts absolutely. But yeah. he he did have a point. He was like, you know, you got brothers who are being fucked over every day. You motherfuckers could come and help us. Oh, no, we got to hide, duck, and dodge. We got to be clandestine. Uh, and they come here and get us. He was like, listen, if they come here, you'll fuck them up. So what are you worried about? Yeah. So I, I, I kind of like Tachanga at the end saying, you know what? I get the vibe. We're going to help the world. You know, I haven't seen right, right. Uh, the Avengers yet. I haven't but, seen that yet either. But uh, I, I will say that Black Panther was an outstanding movie. Marvel makes nothing but outstanding movies. I enjoyed it from beginning to end. I like the lightheartedness. I like how Marvel makes shit deep and then very lighthearted. Series are bad. I mean, we finally got a black Disney princess. Mm-hmm. We have a black... And people, I, didn't, I don't even know if they paid attention. She's a Disney princess. Uh-huh. Because she's a princess. And right. this shit is Disney, so she's a Disney princess. The first official black Disney princess. Princess Sari from Wakanda. Yeah. And yeah, on top of it, she's brilliant. Yeah. You know, I mean, she might even be, the way she describes it is that she's smarter than Tony Stark's, and that's high up the food chain. Right, right. You know? Well, Bones, brother, unless you got something to say, man, I appreciate you calling in. It really helped out a lot. No problem, my brother. Well, this is uh, Strange Talk with Doc. You can reach me here every Monday and Friday, 12 noon, Eastern Standard Time, 724-444-7444. Caller ID number is 145048. You can also catch older shows on YouTube, iTunes, Podcast.com, TalkShoe, and Vimo. And I'm going to tell you like I tell you each and every time, no matter what's going on in the world, my friends, peace. <laughs>